Hello, everybody. Live and listening to the uh, the Oibop replay. It's been a while. It's been like two months since our last call. Kind of took the holidays off there and honestly just forgot for a couple of weeks. But we're here now. I got more calls scheduled. Um, I would refer people to the Online Impact dashboard. You may or may not have to log into Notion. I've heard from multiple people. Uh, different things happen when they visit the link. I'm sorry for that. But there is a calendar there if you <laughs> manage to see it with um, some upcoming live calls like this one and a workshop. And I'm actually, I had a brilliant personal business idea for do even blog, um, which would be doing more workshops because that's actually what I want to do anyways. And I enjoy doing, and I'm gonna start charging for them. Not online impact people, but for non online impact members, start charging. Why not? That's what I want to do anyways. So thank you for listening. All right. Today, uh, aside from just hanging out, for a while, I actually want to start off with a little a kickoff topic, something I'm into and that we're all into to some degree, website traffic. Notice I didn't say blog traffic or just traffic, and there's a reason for that, which I'll get into in a minute. So I got a bunch of bullet points that I wrote down that I, I kind of want to throw out there, some new stuff, some old stuff, some updates, and some really interesting and exciting ideas. I have a lot, but I'll get to it quickly. So I want to start off with a few general bullet points first. Anybody listening to this who is not like an SEO, niche site, blogger, I want to talk about something called the numbers game. I was recently on a call with somebody who offers services and digital products, not like ads and affiliate per se, but mostly services, digital products. They're very heavy on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, B2B, that sort of stuff. And I was asking this person, I was like, dude, what are your numbers? Like, you don't have as many opt-ins, as many uh, clients as you want. Like, walk me through this. Like, how many numbers are you getting? Uh, website traffic or LinkedIn views or shares or like, what is all this stuff? And he's like, well, here are my conversion rates. And, you know, I'm, I've been working on my uh, sales page copy and my homepage and my about page and like a ton of other stuff. And he's like, I'm actually really happy with conversion rates at the moment. And I'm like, well, that kind of leads to the question, what about acquisition? What about new eyeballs? And it's like, yeah, I get like, ah, between like 70 and 100 visits a month, like total across like everything. And I was like, <laughs> let's talk about this. Let's talk about the numbers game of business in general. I don't care if you're like a brick and mortar pizza store a niche site blogger, or you sell digital products or coaching services, or whatever, like you need acquisition eyeballs to some degree, some businesses more than others. Sure. But I think website traffic as in not LinkedIn views, not Pinterest views, not anything except for actual eyeballs on your thing, whether it's content or digital products is still king. And it's always going to be king. I feel like. Yeah, you can do business on LinkedIn. Yeah, you should market on LinkedIn and you should do YouTube and podcasting, but we all want to get paid, right? And the, the way we get paid is through your website. I think that's almost exclusive. Yeah, there are other things, but for the, the majority of us, that's what it is. So I just want to point all of us right here and right now to think about what are my goals? How much money do I want to make? How much money do I need to make to keep doing this, to quit my job, all the, the usual stuff? right? I feel like this is something we need to revisit every month. What is my goal? 
what am I doing right now to get there? Acquisition is important for all of us. I hate it. Uh, I don't mind coming clean. I, I, this is the part of business I hate, and I think I, I fail at constantly. I love everything that happens later. I love that stuff. I think I'm better at that stuff. But acquisition and new eyeballs is extremely important. It's all a numbers game. So if you have high goals, you got to think about acquisition. That's my rambly point there. Okay, moving on. One more thing, and then I'll, I want to go into SEO for a second. You mentioned off-air, Dorothy, Scott DeLong. I want to talk about Facebook traffic in a second because I'm hearing from multiple sources that it's working really well right now, really well, like over SEO and Pinterest well, mm-hmm. like really early stages of hearing this too, not like six months from now when everybody's going to be running these campaigns or whatever. Like I'm hearing really early, it's working exceedingly well. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But my point right now is to create content people want. I wrote this down. I think this applies to all of us, whether it's SEO or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever. There's there's content for search. Um, the mega post I'm avoiding right now because I don't have energy for it is, what is Detroit-style pizza? I freaking love Detroit-style pizza. I know more than 99.9% of humans about Detroit-style pizza. I still don't want to create the post. Why don't I want to create the post? It's not interesting to me. I don't actually think it's that interesting for anybody else. I think it's a one-word answer or a one-sentence answer. Right? I could tell you all right here in 20 seconds everything all of you need to know about Detroit Style Pizza. I don't actually want to create that content. I don't actually think it's that interesting. I'm doing it for search. That's why I don't have energy behind it. Scott DeLong, this, I might go ahead and call him a genius. He's a very interesting guy. Uh, I might call him a genius. Something he does is he creates the content people want, first and foremost. He does SEO, but he doesn't look at keyword research. He doesn't look at data. He doesn't look at metrics. He looks at what's performing super well on YouTube, on TikTok. He, he's not even on TikTok, but he looks at TikTok and he looks at Instagram. And he's trying to figure out like, what are people want? What are they looking for? To waste time. We'll talk about that when we talk about YouTube here in a second. But this is an idea I'm seeing a few people that I really trust talk about more and more, including straight up SEOs too, not Scott. Creating content that people want. What do they like what do they want? Cat videos. My family loves cat videos right now. And I'm actually thinking, I'm not going to do anything cat video related, but this got me thinking like people spend an absurd amount of time looking at cat videos. I spend an absurd amount of time looking for college football content, like seeking it out, like finding new people to follow on Twitter to talk about college football. And I think this translates to all of our niches, whether it's food, dieting, minimalism, swimming, pizza, blogging, whatever. I think we can all do a little bit better job at creating content that people want, even if it's not necessarily geared for search. I think there are benefits there. I can't define them right off the top of my head, but I, I think there are benefits there. This is a new idea. I'll keep rambling for a second and transition into SEO. I think there are two tactical things. I'm noticing none of this is hard and fast, but I have two things I think I really want to tell people about. Number one, I think SEO traffic in 2023 is going to decline for small new sites. I'm not saying people shouldn't start new sites because the only way to get to be a big site is to be a new site first. But I think with the more featured snippets, the more 
chat GPTs, the more stuff like this, the more YouTube and search results, I think newer sites have it harder than ever. That's just a prediction. And again, I want to reiterate, like the only way to get to a medium-sized site to get your DA or DR up to 10, 15, 20, start ranking for some of these queries is to be a brand new site first. But gone are the days of cranking out AI content for 500 articles in a weekend, then content for really long tail queries and starting to rank. Part of what we're seeing in the last two Google updates is Google saying like, hold up, that is the stuff we don't want, right? It's thin. It may not be accurate. It's very long tail. We would rather start grouping the bigger blog posts, non-long tail, for those queries as well. We're starting to like expand this more and more. That's just an SEO prediction. Just something to think about. Food for thought there. Um, by the way, a practical application of this would be me this morning. Starting with a blog post that was, what makes pizza Detroit style, and I think there's even another word or two. I didn't remember what it was. Deep dish or something. I don't know. And looking at what was on page one of Google, it said Detroit style pizza explained. Detroit style pizza, the ultimate guide. It was these bigger sites with bigger posts and bigger queries for the for these long tail keywords. I, th I think that's happening more and more. That's all I meant for that. And so I had to change my strategy. Now I'm doing Detroit style pizza guide recipe and where to find. That's the title I have at the moment. And it sucks. And I don't want to write it, but I think that's what would work. Last thing on SEO, affiliate versus info articles and specifically AI and Chad GPT. What can AI do better right now for Detroit style pizza? Can it list out the best Detroit style pizzas in the country? Or can it list out the best pans to use for Detroit style pizza? Or could it write an article on what is Detroit style pizza is Detroit style pizza deep dish. It's going to be much better at info articles like that. It may not be factually correct, but it's better. And so I think a trend I'm seeing is affiliates post money content, commercial content, whatever you want to call it still more competitive, especially for like the bigger niches or whatnot, but you're going to see less long tail competition from AI creators, right? And I'm not talking about AI creators who just use a little bit of AI. I'm talking about like copy and paste AI content, right? Like people who are just slapping crap up. That is easier for info content, especially long tail info content. Affiliate stuff requires more humans. And especially with the last Google updates where, or this is about, this is like a year ago now, the product update where Google came out and said, we would prefer you have firsthand knowledge and experience with said products, whatever it is for affiliate marketing. We want, we want you to demonstrate that you have the refrigerator that you're reviewing or whatever it is. AI cannot do that. It also doesn't really do well at opinions, which is something that affiliate marketing is heavily based on. I say all that to kind of put a seed in your heads of, do I still need info content? Yes. Am I doing all my niche sites for info content first and foremost? Still, yes, because the changes haven't been made yet. But I'm thinking ahead to the future of if Google releases a chat GPT version later this year, which they've announced they're working on, and they just laid off 10,000, 12,000 employees or whatever <laughs> to like get ready for this sort of stuff. Yeah, affiliate marketing, affiliate content 
could actually be an easier way to set yourself apart and build authority. That's all. Next, I want to move over to Facebook just for a second. Um, <laughs> there's like four people in the past week. Scott was the first one. I found Scott like a couple of months ago. I had Scott on the podcast. Scott started a brand new brand business in what, like September, October? I don't remember. A couple of months ago. And he spent like at least seven to $10,000 on Facebook like campaigns. As then he had a Facebook page and I was just pointing people there like to like his page. That's it. And then he drips out content just from his Facebook page to his website. And traffic isn't absurd yet, but the numbers he's been seeing, and I'm also involved in uh, Scott Dykstra's community, Fat Stacks is his brand, Niche Site Profits is his program. It's a terrible course. It's horribly unorganized, but he knows what he's talking about, John does, and his community. There's a few people in there who have a thread it's like a year and a half old at this point, but they keep it updated every week with people who are doing this. They're spending a good amount of money for like Facebook page likes at the moment or starting multiple pages for their blogs and just dripping out content there and traffic's up. <laughs> it's free. Like you don't even have to spend the money for the page like campaigns, but just having the Facebook pages is free and dripping out that content is free. Um, and there's a lot of people who are seeing really impressive numbers right now. So much so that I'm like, I want to get my keyboard site to Mediavine. I only need 10K more visits a month. Maybe I should think about this for like the next uh, month or two. Like, let's see what happens. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, resources there. Anybody who has niche site profits, go to their forums. There's a couple of posts you could just search for Facebook ads or uh, page likes or something, and they'll pop right up. If you don't have access to that, go listen to my interview with Scott, or better yet, go to his website, and he has two or three articles specifically on Facebook, Facebook ads, and like what he's doing with that, building his email list and stuff. Really insightful stuff. I won't go any deeper into that for right now, but I've, I've seen a lot of people in the past month that are like really seeing traffic and success with this, and building their email list too, not just like random page views. It's really interesting. Um, last thing I've been talking for like 20 minutes, not ah, 15 minutes. Um, I just saw a report yesterday that I had really been looking forward to, which is YouTube and specifically YouTube usage by age and demographics and stuff like this. They release these reports all the time for YouTube. This one was done by somebody else, but I, I I'd seen it was coming out. So I looked at it and my, uh, my bottom line is if you have a younger audience in general, I'm going to say younger, I'm just being frank here, younger than myself even. I'm a pretty young dude. I'm not 40 yet. I'm almost 40. Um, younger than like 30. If you have any of those people in your audience, YouTube is where they hang out. No, especially like, especially like teens and like early 20s. According to all this data and according to my Christmas family get together where I saw like cousins and my wife's cousins, like all doing what they do on their phones. They spend hours a day on YouTube. They're not on Facebook at all. They don't have Facebook accounts. People that young, right? Um, YouTube. It's absurd the amount of time they spend on YouTube. Now, another piece of information that they came out with was people over 
40 and especially over 50 have Facebook accounts. They spend a lot of time on Facebook. Scott DeLong's current business, his current challenge that I've been referencing, it targets older women. I don't know exactly more than that. I don't even know the niche, but that's just what he mentioned. Like this is the avatar for his business and he's on Facebook. So if you have teens, maybe don't, maybe just ignore everything I said about Facebook a couple of minutes ago, teens in your audience. But I think my overall point, if I had to make one would be not that you necessarily need a YouTube channel, but you need to better understand your avatar. And the same goes for me, right? We need to, we need to better understand where our people hang out. And I would be willing to bet anybody listening to the sound of my voice hasn't really done a close analysis on that recently to see what apps they use, to see what social media networks they're on and that sort of stuff. Who is your avatar? Where do they hang out? It's a fundamental question that's been around since the advent of digital marketing, but it changes. Every new tool, every new app, every Google update, every YouTube update, every new iPhone, like all this stuff changes. I suck at updating my avatar, by the way. I just come clean and say it. I'm terrible at this. I never spend any time on it. But after looking at reports like I did yesterday, I've been thinking about that a lot. Who is my audience and where do they hang out? And if you're not meeting them there, what more do you expect? Right? I'm thinking about my pizza audience right now. Um, Not teens, (laughs) thankfully. But where do they hang out? And I'm looking at Reddit and I'm looking at Facebook and a few other things like that. Like, why aren't I more active on those platforms? And I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. Okay. The last thing I did not talk about at all was Pinterest. And so (laughs) I was kind of hoping to have a few people weigh in. If you have anything on is Pinterest working right now and what's in the very near future in regards to Pinterest traffic, does anybody have any thoughts? I would love to hear them. And you don't even have to speak for anybody else. You just tell me those, the answers to those questions. I can just tell you that on the Mediavine Facebook group, the food bloggers have essentially given up on Pinterest. Hardly anybody uses it. Um, They're frustrated with it, with the algorithm. There are a few that um, are are still getting some some love from idea pins. Um, But, you know, it's really... um, they're really thumbs down on Pinterest. Yeah. Let's come back to Pinterest, but I'm going to, I'm going to grill Dorothy for a second. What do you see them talking about these days? I'm assuming SEO, but anything else that like jump out? Um, SEO mostly, um, you know, web stories is a big conversation. Um, uh, email lists, go back and forth. It's about 50, 50, some swear by them, some um, (laughs) don't do them at all. Um, But SEO is the big one. Facebook. I don't hear very much about Facebook at all. Um, But after looking at Scott DeLong's challenge, I'm really going to, to go down that road. Mostly it's SEO. Um, and whether or not to use AI. Yeah. Um, okay. 
and writers. People are, are really, on Mediavine, people are really trying to expand their content, um, how much content they put out. They're just pumping out content, and that's what everybody is saying, is getting them updating content and pumping out new content yeah. and finding writers to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the biggie. <laughs> yeah. That's been me the past three weeks trying to figure out that piece of the puzzle. Um, that's interesting. Um, I've actually heard that in the last few months, they've kind of updated because for the last few years they were, not promoting people to click through and stuff like that. And it was really crappy for creators, but now um, just recently they've been starting to like show the little keyword bubbles again, mm-hmm. and it doesn't automatically default to the um, shopping tab and stuff like that. So it's like going a little bit back to how it was before. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of people are seeing an increase in traffic. And I I actually saw my traffic like double and I have hardly been pinned in the past like couple of years. Like I basically just put one pin per post. And um, so that's really interesting. That is so it might be like coming back a little bit. From, maybe it won't be back to where it was before, but at least mm-hmm. it's maybe not as bad as it has been. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, Facebook, Pinterest, a lot of times we (laughs) hear from the huge Facebook groups of the world, like the Mediavine people, we hear from podcasters and YouTubers, like this is working and this isn't. Spend your time and energy here, don't spend your time and energy building page likes. That's stupid, that's a waste of money, et cetera, et cetera. And people brave enough, like Scott, he even said this to me, he's like, Whenever I hear a lot of that, I tend to kind of go the other direction. I'm like, well, if literally nobody is talking about page like campaigns, maybe that's what I should try. And the Mediavine bloggers group, like uh, everybody's thumbs down to Pinterest right now, like less competition. (laughs) Maybe I double down and trouble down. Not that there's always a right answer to that, but it's, it's interesting. Not that Pinterest has their ear to those Facebook groups and rolls back changes, but maybe they do. They have data. They want to, you know, continue. I'm pretty sure they have little minions that are out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because when they like switch from like being somewhat normal to like really rolling back how much click throughs they were promoting. um, I don't know. Like it was like someone announced this thing and then it was like this huge thing that everyone was talking about. And then all of a sudden Pinterest like changed the thing. And then they're like, who's the spy? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious about Pinterest this year and the changes that might happen because of um, idea pins that they said that they're going to allow links back onto idea pins. Um, and that was one of the, that was a huge thing was you create a video and then, but there was no link to go to your page. So what was the point? Um, And I think a lot of bloggers side away from that. So they announced that they are going to be rolling that out, that they are going to be putting links, uh, clickable links back on idea pins. So I'm kind of curious how that's going to pan out if that's going to bring people back or not. Bring bloggers back, bloggers back. 
that and um, I'm also curious. I told you about uh, so I use Tailwind, and Tailwind has a um, or new to me an um, AI generator, description generator for pin, for pins and Instagram, and um, I had one that suddenly like was a hundred times more. I, I, so let's try it. And it's okay. Like you have to modify it. It sounds very used car salesman like when that whatever they generate, in my opinion. So I kind of like modify it to make it sound a little better like me. Um, and I've had I had one that had a ton of impressions. So I keep kind of using it and it's it's not working. It's back to the number of impressions if I had started from scratch. But I'm still gonna try it. I find it interesting what what it generates, what it thinks the keyword should be. I'm glad you bring this up, um, not to transition away from Pinterest, but I was actually just looking at a really smart, a couple of smart articles on chat GPT specifically. Um, it started from authority hackers. They released a podcast episode maybe, or a blog post or both. I don't know. Um, this morning that had a lot of prompts to like try out and some different ideas and, I actually tried to build a WordPress plugin a couple of weeks ago. Didn't work out, but it was, it was fun just to see some possibilities. And I think stuff like that, pen descriptions, meta descriptions for SEO, short form copy like that is an absolutely perfect use case for this stuff. Especially, I don't know if you can do this on Tailwind, but especially in ChatGPT, feed it some data to work with, or not even data, but um, example writing copy and paste an entire blog post in there and then ask it to write like a section and it does a much better job at the output, like to adapting style and tone and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Oh. Um, I can actually, maybe I'll post these in the online impact Slack. There were, they had a few articles there from other people and a few YouTube videos. One was from uh, Matt Diggity on how to use ChatGPT, not for content, but for like everything else beside that, keyword research, article outlines, meta descriptions, pin descriptions, social sharing, like that sort of stuff is really, really interesting. Really interesting. I'll say that. Um, I was going to say something else. I don't remember what it was. <sighs> okay. Never mind then. Anybody have any uh, thoughts or ideas on traffic specifically? Uh, well, I'm I'm really um, going back to Facebook because of the Scott DeLong uh, post and because I've been trying to figure out how to increase views through email. And I picked up on his um, generating email signups through Facebook, um, which he seems to get a lot of email signups. Figuring that I, my Facebook... I have a page and a group, and they're both um, pretty old. The, especially the page is really old. Um, so my my curiosity, what I can't figure out yet is I've got a lot of people in the group, which is on gardening, not and then the the page is still subject to the algorithm where they only give you a, a very limited reach as to who can see it, but the page gets a lot of reach. So. I'm trying to figure out uh, what the difference is between those two and whether to focus on one or the other and how they differ. Um, 
with the goal of getting more email signups because my email signups convert to reading on the blog quite a bit. I have my my email list is not very big, but it's um it's very dedicated. And I get a lot of click throughs. Okay. I want to push back a second. Um <laughs> I thought of two ways to ask the question. One was a nice a nice person way and another was an asshole way. <laughs> uh, I'll share the asshole way first only because it's my default state of being apparently. Um, the first thing that popped in my head was, okay, what's the difference between an email list uh, click through and a Facebook post click through? The answer is nothing. It's still traffic, right? It's still an eyeball. Um, that's not actually true. By the right. way, but that's, that's where my head went. Um, but my, Well, my question for you is why get them on the email list? Like, is it, Obviously, you want that to happen. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but are you also trying to get traffic from Facebook pages or groups, whatever, like links, posting a link to a blog post or whatever? Yes. Yes, I am. But okay. it's, um, I don't get as many click throughs on Facebook. Okay. Well, that was my question. All right. Um, they just, they want to be there. What I'm, one of my major goals is to establish community. And so I'm using the Facebook group more to get them they're really turned off by salesy stuff and i find facebook is turned off more by um clicking through to your blog whereas my email list that's all it's dedicated to so they know they know when they get an email from me that it's a recipe and they can click through and read it or not whereas the facebook group is more of a trying to pull people into the community and then put a little link out there every so often, but not over salesy. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough one for sure. No but I don't know the difference. Do you know, have any thoughts on the difference between a group and a page? I mean, I it just seems to me like the page is, is subject to the algorithm and the group isn't. I don't, uh, I don't know for sure. I don't like groups in general. Don't like running them. Um, I don't want to really like being a part of them. I don't use Facebook all that much, but it does seem to be more of what Facebook wants. Facebook wants people on Facebook, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the more discussion and comments and sharing and that sort of stuff, um, that can, obviously be what Facebook wants. And so I don't know, maybe there's value there. However, there's another thing that Facebook wants more people typing in facebook.com into their browser or opening the Facebook app on their phone. And that doesn't always happen for Facebook groups. Why does that happen? Well, I think Scott might tell us that people go there just by habit for one thing, they're addicted for a second thing, but also like to take a break in their day. They have five minutes and they open their phone and they pull out Facebook or they want to relax the night after the kids go to bed. And they want to zone out and not think about things and they don't necessarily want to choose something to watch on Netflix. So they open Facebook, right? That content, what is that? What is the content that you produce from your page or group or whatever that gets people to come to Facebook, right? And I don't actually think that's a group. I think it's a page. I think it's more viral stuff in your case it's a little tougher 
um, not a little tougher. If you ran a kitten's website or a cat website or cat brand or a pizza brand, I actually think there's interesting stuff here. There, you could do Buzz BuzzFeed sort of stuff for those niches, for any niche really, but it's easier for some than others. That is the sort of content that people are more likely to share, right? Oh, this is hilarious. Check this out. And they share it. Right. Oh, this meme is awesome. Oh, this GIF is awesome. GIF, whatever. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff, right? And I think that's why I wrote down on my notes from earlier, like create content that people want. Nobody wants a definitive guide to Detroit style pizza, at least when they're browsing Facebook, right? Maybe they're searching for that. What do they want on Facebook? I don't really know. I haven't thought about that yet, but not that, right? They want the Buzzfeed sort of stuff. And if you can chat about food or recipes or like you have to try this sort of stuff or even jokes, means, gifs, videos or anything that will make, give people what they want. I think Facebook wants that, even if it takes people off site every now and then, right? Not that every post has to be a link. I know you're, you're after traffic. We all are, but we're also after growth acquisition, new eyeballs, right? And going back to the numbers game, like if you have 10 posts that reach 10 million people, but don't get a single website visit, that still actually might do more to grow your brand than the low numbers game, right? Like mm-hmm. just dripping nothing but links out, but having the algorithm only show it to a thousand people in a month, right? Like there's a there's a net benefit in the numbers game, and we have to kind of figure out figure that out for ourselves. Wow, that was really rambly of me. I'm I'm literally just verbal processing. So, can I ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any answers. All I have is rambling, but yeah. Right. So, are you saying that you think? Um, leaving links to the website in Facebook will generate more click-throughs than leaving them in an email list. Nah, probably not. Not, not necessarily. Um, no, I think, I think there's no do this and don't do this. I think it's do all of this and see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to Facebook. Cause we don't know email list is like a straightforward right? Like grow the email list, try to put out really great content that makes them happy. You get click throughs or sales products or just content right there in the email. Like that, that's all pretty straightforward for all of us. I think when we talk about Facebook or YouTube or Pinterest, like that's where we don't know the algorithms. We don't know how Facebook puts our stuff in front of people. We don't know what's going to work and what's not right. Um, yeah. It's just, spaghetti at the wall, right? Like try, try all the things. Um, I recommend starting from somebody like Scott, who's, who's done it and see what he says to do. That's where I am. I'm, I'm looking at his stuff. Like, let me just copy this <laughs> for my niche and see what happens. Like post maximum two or three links per day. Try to inject some other content in there that is non links and just see what that is. See what that traffic looks like. Um, question for you what is your what's the flow to get somebody in the email list like specifically with facebook like are you posting people to sign up pages or to blog posts and hoping they subscribe or like what is that what have you thought about mm-hmm. that at all? yeah um the group was really easy because um i had a pretty large um facebook 
following on my personal page. So I just invited all of them. So that went over and most of them signed up. And then after that, um, the they started telling their friends because it, it's a it's a pretty dedicated site and it's building community, like I said. So I'm getting a lot of signups from that daily. Um, I do have it listed in my um, in my email list. That doesn't do that much. I mean, I get some, um, but mostly it was just organic from from friends telling friends telling friends. Now the page isn't very good. I don't have very many people on the page because I haven't worked that, but the group is, I don't know how many people it is, but they're very engaged and they're very, like I said, I'm, I must get probably, I don't know, um, at least three or four signups a day. And it's at a couple thousand now. And I just started working it. Yeah. I don't know. Keep working it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will not be doing any groups. I say that for any like new brands or whatever. No groups. No groups for me. Um, there hey. are also. Oh, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to say that um, Rachel Miller, and I think it's a really good point. She says that what people want on Facebook is what makes them look good. And so they can share it. And and I think it's so true. Like every, everybody, and that's why I don't like to go on there. I mean, all my people I know, older women, right? Everybody's on Facebook, but I think everybody wants to look good. And that's one of the big complaints is that it's not real. Everybody is just trying to live this perfect life. Yeah. And, and I do, I think that's a great point. They, they want to share things that make them look good or represent who they are. Yes. Well, the second thing you worth. said, represent who they are. Yes. Yeah, 1,000%. And I've heard the exact same thing. Um, I'm in Dykstra's group. Actually, my, my coach had told me about it, and I, and I saw it in Dykstra's group. Um, I just looked in the Media Vine group while we were on here. Nothing about the Facebook new, you know, that new return to Facebook working again, for what that's worth. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've heard a lot about this um, in the United States from a political perspective, the past several years, like almost decade, right? Um, people are pointing to lots of social medias, not just Facebook, but sites like Facebook and say, you're creating an echo chamber, right? The algorithms are showing people content that they want, not content that they don't want, content they agree with, not content they don't agree with. There's been a lot of that. And I think that that all comes back to this point of like, yeah, what do people want, right? not even like politics, but like what, what content do people want to share and comment on and click through, right? Content that makes them, what was the last thing you said? That look, represent who they really are. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's really true with pages and personal Facebook. I don't find it to be true with the group. The group is more of a community builder type of thing for me anyway. and. People are not afraid to ask questions and try they're they're looking for information. How how do you grow a beet? You know, what's the best way? Show me some pictures of your raised beds. Um, there's very little of um, there's there's very little of trying to look good. 
on this particular group anyway. I don't know about other groups. But I think it's really true what you say about, especially about the personal page mm. and probably about the, the business pages, although I haven't looked at those that much. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, once you get them in that group, they're there for what brought them to the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting underlying theme to all of this, which is people want what they want, whether it's SEO or Pinterest or Facebook. Like empathy as a marketing skill is probably number one, right? <laughs> number one skill for writers and copywriters and YouTubers. And man, it, it's like Mr. Beast knows exactly what he wants from his audience. Rachel Miller knows exactly what her audience wants from her content. I've seen, I've seen a lot of Rachel stuff, by the way. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. Good food for thought. There's a really good interview um, of Monica Louie on the Niche Pursuits uh, YouTube channel, I guess also podcast. Really good. Very recent. And she said that people were knocking it out of the park with uh, telesummits again. Uh, And she gave some examples of someone uh, using Facebook ads. Of course, this is what what she does, but I think, I think she's, uh, you know, uh, real in in what she says. Um, And she gave some great examples of, of Facebook working again and specifically for telesummits again. What does that Telesummits. It's, it, like virtual it, summits? Yeah, yeah. It's where they used to be called telesummits like 10, 10 years ago and um, 12 years ago. And you get a group of people and you enter in your space and you interview them and you can give it for free. It can be a lead magnet and then you can sell it. And you can have in this example, it was $39 to $97 price point. And the example she gave was in the craft space. So Dorothy, that might, you know, you might be interested in that. Um, And uh, she had made the example, she made a hundred. Now this is probably without ad spend a hundred dollars and a hundred, 200 on the first one. And then she did it again and she made a hundred bucks. I mean, a hundred thousand, sorry. I'll I'll buy a few zeros there. A hundred, 200,000 and then a hundred thousand. And that was recently. I'm not going to let Dorothy try this, by the way. Not, <laughs> no, there's no worse shiny object than summits. <laughs> the amount of work and energy you have to put in to pull something yeah. like that off. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. I've done a telesummit. <laughs> it's, it's, you can delegate a lot of it. I mean, it's been a long time, but it's, it's, uh, it's really not that awful. I didn't think. I need to hire somebody if I'm going to do that. <laughs> My former best friend may have had her life ruined by summits, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll i just be really frank with you, Camille. I, um, Monica's okay. <laughs> I've actually okay. worked, for, I've worked for her in the past. Um, she believes what she says. But I, I definitely take any Facebook influencer like her and Emily Hirsch is another one. Both brilliant. I take both of anything they say with a total grain of salt because I have tried everything they've mentioned over the past seven years. And I see firsthand like 
uh, obviously this stuff works for some people, but it's rare. It's much more rare than SEO strategies having success or even Pinterest strategies having success. Any paid reach like that and listening to an influencer say like, yeah, this is working right now. I'm over here like, I'm going to, I cannot let that be shiny objects. Just my opinion. It's not that it gets Monica. It's any Facebook influencer, anybody who talks about Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, like Alaric Heck, that guy. Man, they might have clients that have success, but trying to DIY it, ooh me, there's a, that's a dangerous game. It's a tough game. I thought you were saying the Facebook ads are working again. The likes to the pages. For a lot of people. Ask me if I've tried it yet. I've done it, and I oh, really? two or three times. I've hired I've hired consultants. I, I hate it. I get fed up. We're trying it again right now. We just started last week, and we're having a hard time with Facebook stuff already. And you know, yeah. But I'm I'm hearing it works again. At least the likes to the to the I page, like you were saying. Yeah. But the only the number one reason, the one and only reason, I haven't jumped back in and tried it yet, is because I've been burned in the past. With Facebook ads mm-hmm. to the tune of like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. I've spent over ten thousand for myself. I've spent over like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for clients over the years. And even them, like companies, brands, like it's just a dangerous game. It might work. I'm hearing from a lot of people too, but yeah. A little, a little scary. Waste of money, waste of resources. So do you think where, who would you learn from, or you're such a techie and good with that. You would probably just jump in and figure it out yourself to follow the strategy that we're hearing on the Dykstra Facebook group that that's working, or would you do a course or how would you proceed in, in trying that out? This is a great question. And I'm one, I'm actually qualified to answer. I, at this point, I would absolutely jump in and do it myself, even if I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And quite frankly, I don't because They've changed so many things over the years. Yeah. Like in yeah. 2018, oh my God, you can just jump right in, crush it. Now they've simplified it, which maybe for brand new people might be easier, but for people who knew where the old button was, now we don't know where the new button is, whatever. Um, yeah, two years ago, I spent $4,000 on Emily Hirsch's program, the biggest waste of money I've ever spent. Not that she isn't brilliant, but that course was terrible. Um, yeah, just jump in. No, no courses for, for that sort of stuff. For like getting started with a Facebook page like campaign. Listen to that episode with Scott, the part where I asked like, okay, what do I put in this post? And then I say something and he's like, yeah, just do that. <laughs> right. Oh, you already know how to get people to like the page. If you like pizza, like this page. If you like whatever it is, like the, if you're into organic food, like this page, there's nothing more to it than that. Like you might play around with words here and there, but you don't need any experts to come in and walk you through copywriting for that and figuring out the techie end of it, getting started with a campaign. You're welcome to go look in Google, man, stuff is all over the place and courses, paid courses and free stuff alike. It's all over the place. It's updated constantly. It's outdated constantly. And it's just a mess no matter which way you spin it. So you might as well just dive in and see if you can figure it out yourself. Just my two things. Yeah. And, and check out that Scott DeLong challenge. It's really, really interesting. 
as far yeah. as Facebook goes. Yeah, I saw him. I, I agree. Thank you for that, uh, Pete. He's yeah, amazing. And my first thought was, well, he he did this. He did this, you know, five years ago, and that's why he's doing so great. But then you mentioned in September he yeah. did this Facebook strategy. That that's recent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. And he has like 120, 130,000 page likes at the moment or something. I don't remember. Something and he's into the email list and how to generate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you on, on AI. If we're done, are we done with Facebook? Uh, let's do that. And then I'll, I'll sign off. Okay. Um, the, um, I mean, there's all this talk about, you know, the chat TPT or whatever it is. Um, taking over the blog blogosphere um and you mentioned and several other people have mentioned um one way to keep your eat on the blog up and avoid uh, that is putting yourself in the photos um or putting yourself like i'm a little confused on that are you saying or are they saying if you're doing a recipe Put yourself in there eating the pizza and that will help avoid the chat picking up on it because they can't put pictures of themselves in there. Or is it just do your own images, but you don't have to be in there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hear that this EAT is going to be really, really important in terms of um, standing out against the AI. The latter. I don't think you, your face has to be in them, but I have, I think anybody who looks at an image on your site should immediately be aware that it was created by a human and it was created by you. And there are lots of different things that go into that. Let me share some, cause I'm excited about this. By the way, I don't have any data to support this. Just my opinion. Um, an Amazon product image versus the same damn image, but a screenshot with me writing a little text over it and putting a little arrow to it, like a little screenshot markup. I do this all the time for my keyboard site. I personally think that's a thousand times more effective for authority. And I don't even have the product in hand. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to do that, but you know, I don't even need to for that photo. It still conveys authority. I commented on it, not, not a caption underneath the blog, but on the image itself. With my brand colors doing the arrow, like the yellow for my keyboard site, my brand is yellow or whatever. That to me just screams authority. This person, I, I don't even know if he has the thing, but like, ah, I see his brand colors. He wrote a little note with an emoji or an LOL, and there's a little arrow. There you go. Next point food. Since I'm just now in the 13 years of blogging, getting into a food niche. I don't want my photos to look good. I might be crucified (laughs) in your Mediavine Facebook group, but I'm over here like when I Google something and I do this like three times a week because I cook every night, by the way, I cook all the time. When I see really good photos, Mm -hmm. my head is like stock photos. This just looks like everything else. Everybody has great photos. Everybody's using their DSLRs or whatever to like take this stuff. I want the one that's like, Okay, so I, I was looking at barbecue the other day. Indoor barbecue. Like, how can I do this at home in the winter in Michigan? Barbecue, right? Roast pork. Um, I'm looking for 
the random girl or dude that's just like totally down to earth, ugly phones because they have an iPhone 6 SE. Like that's the person I want and trust when it comes to that thing. And so I'm looking at my food photography like I, I do my hand and a lot of stuff, by the way, because I don't actually want my face all over this blog anyways. So I'll actually take pictures like pointing to stuff like this to like get my hand in there. And especially for my keyboard site, I do this all the time because it's a keyboard. And when I see a picture of a keyboard, it has a hand in there. I want people to recognize my watch and my ring and my skinny, lanky fingers. Like a real person took this. This is not stock mm-hmm. photography from the product website, from the internet. Pete took this. Dorothy took this photo of her soup. And I need to know that immediately. And whether your face is in there or your hands in there, or you have like a little brand sticker that you put on your bowls or something like something that screams a real human did this. That's my answer to your question. I'm fired up. I have a really quick question with what you said. The first example you gave, so you're saying you like using the Amazon photo and editing it a bit with an arrow and your branding colors. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. A screenshot. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. I'll almost never ever use an image or anything from another website and not mark it up in some way. It's very rare. Even from um, like, uh, so the keyboard niche is a product niche. So I'll go onto these brands' companies and search for images of their keyboards. And I'll never ever just use an image from their site. I always take a screenshot and I, I generally even have it like outlined. I have like a, a square or something or at least an arrow in text or something with my brand yellow to make it feel like this is this website's photo, even if it's Amazon's or whatever, right? I think it's just branding. Your branding looks great. It, I mean, it, it, it looks great. It really does. I appreciate that. What about adding infographics and short videos into your to 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 uh, compete with AI. Better than ever. The simpler, the better. Or not simpler. That's just my brand. The more on brand, the better. For me, it's hand-drawn stuff. Uh, maybe you guys have realized that before. <laughs> I get away from it every now and then because I forget about it. But just last week, I was like, I really wish this had a graphic here. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to draw one by hand, snap a picture of it, and upload it to the site. Graphic. Infographic. Nothing fancy. Sheet of paper. Some markers for my kids' art table upstairs. Infographic. It's my brand. Don't not necessarily do that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one thing all blogging influencers can agree on is that AI content specifically needs more on-brand human touch. And often that's mixed media. Bullet points, tables, images, audio, video, GIFs, that sort of stuff. Okay. Thank you. The one thing everybody can agree on. All right. Well, let me let you guys go. Call's got to come to an end. Thanks for hanging out for one thing. And uh, if anybody needs anything, just email me, Slack me. It always sounds weird. Slack me anyways. (laughs) All right. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.